Welcome to HeartSpace, a show that will give you tools to awaken your intuition and the courage to listen to your heart so that you can create your best life. I'm your host, Sarah Lewis, an intuitive life coach, and my mission is to show you that you already have everything you need, and it's all in your heart space. Hello, beautiful friends, and welcome back. I am so excited for today's episode and conversation because we have a very special guest today. Her name is Brittany Eastman, and she is an intuitive human design reader, a creator, a writer, a speaker, and just an amazing human who is passionate about all things human design, and you can really feel it. I love her approach. I love how she explains this, and this conversation is really, really a must-listen. Whether you're new to human design, know nothing about it, or are already quite into the system and understand it, because I feel that her approach is different, relatable, and fun, and just she's an amazing human. Brittany also like really helps people connect to their natural and inherent way of being. That's what she does with human design. And she really provides a license for people to completely be themselves through decoding their human design. Um, And she will explain what human design is and how it really changed her life and how she got started with a business in human design, doing readings for people when she had no intention of starting this in the first place. So it's really, really interesting conversation. And she also explains more about the types, the strategy, and more, and also does a little reading for me at the end, which was so incredible and I went straight away after our conversation to book a reading with her to get more information about that and Brittany so generously is giving all of the listeners 15% off her readings with the code HEARTSPACE so I will put all the information in the show notes Go check it out there and go check Brittany out because everything she posts is pure gold. So without further ado, let's bring Brittany on. Hello, Brittany. Thank you so much for taking the time today in your busy, busy day and schedule to be on HeartSpace. I have been so inspired by you and your work. Everything you put out is just, I love it. Um, And I'm really excited for our conversation today. Ah, thank you so much. It's so, so great to be here. I'm really excited for this conversation. 
So I like to start off by asking a kind of fun question. Um, I guess it's fun for me. I don't know if it's fun for you, but um, the question is, um, (laughs) what did you do? What do you usually do in the morning or what did you do this morning? Do you have any kind of ritual or practice that helps you kind of start your day or is it different every day? Oh man, I have twin toddlers and Mm. so my day looks... (laughs) So different every day. Um, So this morning was a preschool day. So we literally just had breakfast together. I always start my day with a coffee. I do try to get up a little bit before my girls just so I have that like grounding moment of peace before Mm. the chaos begins. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) my morning routine or like anything that grounds me really begins when I've dropped them at preschool and I'm about to start my work day and that usually looks like something um, to do with breath work or a small mm-hmm. meditation or some form of journaling. Um, and sometimes it looks like a coffee and just going for a walk or just getting straight into my work. I'm just, you know, it's, I think it's like all of us in this mm. um, personal development or spiritual space where we're kind of dropping the checklist and we're just getting into like moving from our center in a yeah. way that feels good for us in any moment. So yeah, that's what I'm rolling with at the moment. I love that. Yeah, I'm all about that as well. And I'm seeing more and more of it because I think it's what feels good and is the most in alignment that serves the most ourselves and then others, right? So I love that. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself um, and what you do? It's all about human design, but I love to hear how you present that and talk a little bit about all that. Thank you. Yes. So I'm Brittany Eastman and I'm a human design reader. I'm yet to come up with a really cool name for that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's in the works. (laughs) But basically what I do is I read your energetic blueprint. I read who you came here as as a soul and what purpose you have come here to live out. And so what I'm looking at when I'm reading your chart is who you are in your authentic wholeness, Mm -hmm. who you are in your true essence in this lifetime, really who you've come here to be. And, you know, I heard this beautiful phrase um, about human design is not necessarily about becoming something. It's actually about unbecoming all of the things Mm. that we've learned since we came here on this earth. And so I'm always trying to connect people back into, you know, who were you before you became all of these things? Who were you before you learn all of these ways to be that maybe are not authentic or in alignment or energetically correct for you. And so I'm always just reading people's charts to connect them back into their authentic wholeness. Mm, That's amazing. And I love that nowadays, I feel like in the space that we're in healers or coaches or anything that's spiritual or self growth or anything like that, it's all about coming back to our true authentic self. But I love that human design really offers this, um, this kind of way to read a chart and see how it looks like for you. And I think that's why people love it as well, because it makes it a little bit, it's complicated and everything, but it's more like it explains it in a way that's easy to get when you're familiar with it. Totally. It's such a complex system, but it can also be decoded in such mm-hmm. a simple way. You know, I think we heard it, we hear it explained so, um, so intricately and so delicately so often, but really it can be decoded in such a simple way. And, you know, I really have found that all human design is doing is helping us all feel seen for who we really are. Mm. And 
I just hear so many people after their reading, like, wow, you actually really saw me for like who I know myself to be, even if it's Mm. not always how I'm being right now. And I think that's so cool. Like to just to look at a chart and be like, I am literally looking at someone's soul right now. I love that. Like what a cool thing to do. Yeah. I love that. It's kind of, it's very different, but it's kind of the same feeling I get when I do an Akashic Records reading. It's kind of like, getting very intimate with someone's soul, but in a completely different way. And I, I love your approach and how you really make human design so much more fun and easy to get. And yeah, I love your approach. So thank, thank you for sharing you. that. Yeah, it's such, a, such a peek behind the curtain, isn't it? Like a little peek behind the curtain of like, in front of the curtain is this person on this stage, like presenting in this particular way, mm-hmm. projecting in a particular way. And then we just get to like peek behind and we're like, who really are you though? Like, who are yeah. you behind the curtain? You know? Yeah. And how did you um, find human design or how did it find you? And how, how was your journey with it? So when did oh, you discover wow. that or all that good stuff? Yes. Oh God. I've had such an interesting experience <laughs> with human design. So I guess the short version is that I have probably considered myself um, a seeker, someone who's really been Mm -hmm. trying to find like a modality or a process or a practice or a system or a community or something where I've felt really seen for who I am for, Mm. you know, well over a decade. And I tried, you know, 8 billion different jobs and like lots of different modalities and all of the things. And whilst so many of them served me and you know, I had so much fun doing them and I met so many great people. I had never fully found the thing that had me feeling seen and heard and recognized. And also, you know, the topic that we don't often discuss is like the financial reward. I'd never done things that had brought me that sense of like really feeling rewarded and nourished um, financially for what I was offering the world. Mm. And so I just got to a place in my career where I wasn't loving what I was doing. And I just, you know, those moments where you just have of like, I just feel like it's the epitome of surrender, like not the passive, like, oh, I'll just see what life brings. But like that really like a gut wrenching surrender where you no longer have a choice and you have to release the grip on what you're like, what you think you want. Oh yeah. And (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know, the ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I basically, I just got to that point in the career that I was in where I was like, this is just not what my life is about. This is just not what I'm here mm-hmm. for. And I'm here to feel more nourished than this in so many different ways. And so I basically gave myself 30 days of not working in my, in the business that I had at the time. And I thought, okay, I've just got 30 days. Like, let's just see what happens. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. it's not like it was an I was crying every day and it was so gut-wrenching. But in that first week that I made that decision, I was on Instagram and I was scrolling and I found this thing that said splenic authority. And I was like, what is that? And like, I am such a wordy person and, you know, I'm a Gemini. (laughs) Um, And I saw these words and I was like, why don't I know what that word is? And I just got so fascinated. And I read this post about splenic authority and I was like, this is me. Oh my God. I feel so seen and so articulated. This is exactly how I make decisions. And that basically sent me deep into the human design rabbit hole. And I have not come out of that rabbit hole yet. (laughs) (laughs) Still down it, but you know, I just kept going and going and going and I kept learning and learning and 
I, I taught myself the system and then I decoded it and rewrote it in my own words. And wow. throughout that process, I just kept talking to my friends and I talked to one friend in particular, my beautiful friend, Jane, and I was actually um, her virtual assistant at the time. And I said, you need to do this. Like, I need to understand you. I can't understand you unless you do this thing. <laughs> so she did the thing. She came out as this beautiful manifester. And from there, our relationship really blossomed. Like we became so close and I could really see her clearly and I could work better for her. And, you know, our relationship just really transcended. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's not just me that feels seen by this system. Mm. You know, that was like my first little like inkling of belief that this went beyond me. Um, and then from there, she was actually hosting a retreat for her business at the time. And she said, do you want to come over and do you want to speak about human design? And I was mm. like, okay, so put me on a plane and I went to this retreat and I had this little 30 minute window to talk about human design. And from there, that topic like really took over the weekend. And I, I sat there on the Saturday night of the retreat and I like made an offering on my website so that people could book in with me. Um, Cause I kept getting people say like, can you read my chart? Can you read my chart? And I was like, I, I guess so. Um, and so basically by the end of the weekend, everyone that was there had pretty much booked and they've never stopped booking. Wow. And so I'm still doing it. That's it so was, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's so funny because at the time I was like, I don't think this is the thing. I think this is just like, you know, a stepping stone or a bridge. Like I never fully had that belief that like this was my thing until I saw my calendar booked out and, you know, I saw that financial nourishment come through and I – you know, I was getting requests for, you know, can you teach me how to read charts? I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I'm doing it. Like maybe this is my thing. Like it wasn't till so far down the track Mm -hmm. that it actually struck me that this could actually be for me. Wow. I love how it happens so organically as well. So it's just like it, it wasn't, you try to make it happen, like you're saying, but it's more, it happened and you let it happen. And now that's your thing. Totally. Like, yeah, just, just the simple act of like releasing the grip on what I thought was for me mm-hmm. and opening up that communication with the divine and just being like, oh my God, help me. <laughs> oh my God, help me. <laughs> I'm out of like, just help me. Help a sister out. I'm so, I'm on the floor here. <laughs> I yeah. need some assistance. Yeah, I know that I feeling. think it was just that. Yeah. Like just that I don't know, just asking for help and like releasing the grip. I honestly feel like they were the two biggest things that I did, but like so subtle, you know. Mm, And it changes everything. It does. And so how, like how did um, discovering your own human design and maybe reading, because I'm sure that was the first chart that you started really diving into deeper. How did that really impact your life? Understanding yourself, feeling seen, of course, but also being able to apply that in your relationships and your business that was coming from also human design. So how does that all, how did that impact your life? Basically, that's the question. (laughs) That's a great question. No, it it impacted everything. Every Mm -hmm. single thing I could have imagined, it impacted. So, you know, what's really interesting, I'm a projector and, you know, we see into other people very clearly, Mm. but we sometimes see into ourselves. Um, And so I was a lot more obsessed with everyone else's charts than I was with my own. Oh, okay. But (laughs) yeah, which was really interesting. But the one thing I really, really held on to was my strategy, which was to wait for the invitation. And so 
gave me permission as a business owner to not solicit, to not force, to not push, to not make it happen, to not, you know, act in my business out of desperation or fear of, you know, bookings drying up or like money not coming in or whatever. It just like, it let me breathe. It just Mm. gave me space to Again, like it has felt like I've never had that grip on my business like I used to. I now am like completely trusting. It just really helped me trust. Mm. And so I think that was really beautiful because I had a really um, just such a a yin energy with my business where I'd always had a very yang approach. And so I felt very calm and very fluid and very grounded in my work and I just completely trusted that it would come and it was literally the understanding of my energy type and my strategy that that led me to that place so Um, beautiful I love that (laughs) thank you it has honestly felt like the biggest exhale um Mm -hmm. and I think in my relationships that was really amazing because like my husband's a projector as well and so to know that for both of us to be in energetic correctness, what we really needed from each other and from our family was solitude. And what we really needed was, you know, all of these things and we could really honor that about each other. Mm. Then we could really go out of our way to really create that space for each other instead of being like, you know, you need space. Like, God, I need space. Like, you know, <laughs> mine's more important. And we like really honor that about each other. And, you know, we understand our authorities. We understand like how our emotions work and, it's just really helped us to see each other so clearly. And, oh, it's just, it's been so beautiful. I think it's, I've noticed it so much in my business. And I think that one of those, um, you know, we're stuck in this old paradigm of like working really hard equals reward. And that's one of those, um, those matrices that I really want to help people unplug from because, the thing that really transformed my business, my career, my finances was, was actually working less. Wow. <laughs> having more space. Yeah. Um, like allowing more space for creativity. Like I'll only book two readings on one day because I know that on that third reading, I'm just 5% off and mm-hmm. really honoring my energy and that like how, how long can I work for before I'm not at a hundred percent? And am I really willing to give someone 98? Mm. Yeah, that's really important. So important, you know, and I think it's just, it's completely transformed everything. I think the more yin I bring into my business and the more I allow people to make choices about whether they would like my services or would not. And the more I share my gifts without soliciting my gifts, just the more abundant I feel in all of the ways, you know? Oh, that's so beautiful. And do you feel like because you're a projector, is that what makes um, the yin so much more important or how is it for, for the other types? But maybe we should talk about the different types first and then <laughs> see how, how they also kind of have this yin or yang. Or I love that you put that as well because I haven't heard this in human design yet. So could you maybe just first give us a little bit idea of the different types for someone who doesn't know and is not familiar and then maybe see how the yin and yang might play a role there. Yeah, of course. I mean, we, I'll just, I'll weave it in. We'll yeah. just weave it all in together. So it's amazing. There are five, <laughs> yeah, there are five energy types. And our energy type is, it's really only 5% of our chart, but it's always the first place we begin. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, everything in human design is layered in that, 
you know, you really can't, um, you know, receive the fifth piece of information with the four that come before it. You have to start at the beginning and the beginning yeah. is always the energy type. So our energy type is really just showing us how we are here to exchange our personal energy with the world around us. And so, you know, you're a manifesting generator, for example, Sarah, mm-hmm. and that is like essentially the same as being a Sagittarius. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> uh, it's an overarching theme that gives you some resonance, but it's not all of you. It's this tiny part of you. And there's so many more intricacies that make you you. Mm-hmm. So there are five energy types. The first one is a manifester. So the manifester is um, it's only 8% of the world and they're here to exchange their energy in a really fiery way. Not fiery in like the way that they communicate, but that their energy comes in bursts. Okay. And so they're the only energy type that's really here to not wait for anyone or anything. They're designed to just whenever they get that, like that feeling, like mm-hmm. they want to create or be or have or say something they completely need to honor that so they're the only energy type that's really designed to work without needing something to respond to they're here to blaze trails start movements you know begin businesses and projects and pioneer and those kinds of things so Maya Angelou is a beautiful example of that Mm -hmm. um who else is a great Peter Kelly Peter Kelly I was thinking I was thinking about her (laughs) She's such a great example of just like that fiery energy. And so what's really important for the manifester, I see them as being a very, very delicate balance of both yin and yang. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though they are an energy being and they're here to like be energetic, they're also, they don't have an infinite supply. So Mm. they are people that work in bursts of energy when it's there. They can't force that energy to come out. And so in order for that yang to come out, they need plenty of yin. Okay. So they're this really delicate balance of like a really beautiful contrast. Beautiful. So then we have our generators. So our generators are the cornerstones of society because what they're really here to do is live in joy and to do things that make them super happy and lit up. And when they are lit up by doing the things that they're doing, there's basically like they're so filled up that there's an overflow mm. and that overflow comes out into their aura. And when you come into contact with that aura, you immediately feel that sense of joy and brightness and lightness and all of those things. And you've probably felt a sense of this being a manifesting generator that when you are lit up, people are like really attracted to you and you're quite magnetic. Yeah. And so, yeah. So that's really what our generators are here to do. They're here to be lit up. And I know that's such a simple thing to do, but it's so let's sound simple. It's a really challenging thing to actually Mm -hmm. follow through on. Um, And so our generators are here for sustained energy. They have a big motor to do things um, that they love, not infinite energy for the things they don't love, just for the things that bring them joy. They are the people that will be like, I can work all day. I can plot along and I just love it. And I'm so lit up and this is so great. And they can just go. They don't necessarily work in surges or bursts. They're very sustained. So it's kind of like if you said get from point A to point B, the generator would say, great, I'll get there as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Okay. That would just be there, mm-hmm. straight there. So our generators are really here to show us what joy looks like. Mm. They're here to be pure joy beings and they're here to show us that, you know, what it takes to master something as a generator, that it takes um, attention and sensitivity and determination and focus and sustained energy and and joy, your joy, your joy is the main ingredient. So that's what our generators are here to do. 
um, we then have manifesting generators, you, yeah. <laughs> and you, you are such a beautiful energy type. And as I said to you before the show, um, I'm just so surrounded by MGs at the moment and I feel like it's because I need them. Mm. <laughs> I need you all. Um, so MGs are really here to show us that there isn't one way. They're kind of, you know, the other side to the same coin of the generator, which mm. is that they're a hybrid of both the manifestor and the generator, but they're not here to be like, oh, there's point B. I'm just going to get there. They're like, oh, I don't know where point B is and I might take some detours, but I'll get there eventually. <laughs> and so it's kind of the energy of like, you're here to show us that it's okay to choose again, to course correct, to make mistakes, to, to pick something else, to, to drop the thing you're doing and to pick something else up. And you're really here to show us that life is not linear and that you're on your own trajectory and that could look completely different to anyone else's, but it's perfect in its own way. And so I just feel like MGs are here to show us what being unapologetic looks like. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, I started this course and I'm three weeks in and now I've discovered it's not for me. Great. Dropping it. <laughs> and you know, but as kids and, you know, even as young adults and maybe even as older adults, we get kind of taught that that's not okay. Yeah, you know, that absolutely. You need to stick down. That it's, yeah, like it's revered to be consistent and like, well done for doing that thing you didn't want to do and, you know, all of that kind of energy. And really what's true is that the MG is here to kind of give the middle finger to that and be like, actually, it's not for me. And I'm going to stay in like fierce energetic alignment by dropping the things that are not for me as soon as I see that it's not for me. And so MGs will normally um, move quicker than generators, but they'll also course correct more times as well. Okay. And so it's important for MGs to know that you are here to make mistakes. It is not your job to be like, oh, well, I should take my time so I don't need to course correct. It's actually like, course corrections are energetically right for you mm -hmm. so um you're really here to be this light buoyant playful never take life seriously kind of energy it's a really fun energy and um, it's almost like i always tell mgs like whatever is serving you so beautifully right now trust that it might stay for two minutes two years, two decades, but either way, like you're probably going to shift again. And just like not having that feel like a sense of displacement, but rather like excitement and anticipation for everything that's coming. Cause it's always going to be great. Mm, like that. <laughs> yeah. Get excited. Um, and then we have projectors. So, so you projectors of me, yes. <laughs> so we are the first of the non-energy beings. Oh, I should say that um, our generator friends and our MG friends, you guys are all more of a yang dominant energy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, MGs have a little bit more yin, but um, generators are quite, quite yeah. yang. Yeah. Um, so projectors are out the first of our non-energy beings, which means that they don't have their own supply of energy to get work done and to like apply their energy to things. So we rely on beautiful souls like you who have this beautiful supply of energy, this infinite supply of energy. So anytime I'm around like an MG, I'm pinching their energy and I'm alchemizing it for myself and I'm using it, which means that I have a supply of energy while I'm around you. But as soon as you're gone, I don't again. Mm. So 
really important for projectors to manage their energy so effectively in terms of like how much they're working, how many times, like how long per day are you, you know, air quotes on Mm -hmm. and really managing that well, because we are the type of all of the types that go into adrenal fatigue and burnout and exhaustion and fatigue. We have a natural propensity to dip into that because we've not yet learned that it's, it's okay for us to not work like a generator and, (laughs) We're really here to engage out. We have something called a focused aura, which means that when we do apply our energy to something, we're so focused and so laser concentrated Mm -hmm. on that thing that we can get eight hours work done in four. So we have to be mindful of we're using a lot of energy in short periods of time. And so working three to four hours a day is really ideal for us. Mm -hmm. I still, I do still get this wrong quite a lot. So I'm still (laughs) Still stepping into my Yep. Um, And we're really here to be guides of society. So the the skill of the projector is to kind of hover over what they're seeing instead of being in the trenches with everyone. They kind of have like a bird's eye view where they can see systems and processes and efficiency gains and they can see things really uniquely. They can see things with a, yeah, more of a bird's eye view. And so like human design with you. Yeah, like seeing it in this particular way and being like, oh, I see that system and I see how I want to make that better and perfect and correct that and rewrite it for myself and then teach it. So it'd be something like that. So, um, you know, we we have this really great skill of being able to see into someone else with such ease and clarity, but we really struggle to see ourselves with that clarity. Mm. And so what that means is that what's really important for us is to be recognized, to be seen, to be mm-hmm. to be noticed or our inherent gifts and skills. And so we're here to wait to be invited into offering our wisdom and sharing our skills. But a key part of waiting for that invitation is that before the invitation, we need to be recognized. Mm. So that has kind of been like the, like the most, the pinnacle of what I learned out of this whole system is like, oh, that, like that recognition that I've always seeked is actually an inherent part of who I am and like Mm. complete permission to be recognized and celebrated for what I'm here for. That has been a total game changer for me. Yeah. That's life changing for sure. Yeah. Um, and then our final one is the reflector. So these are our most enigmatic rare beings. There's only 1% in the world. So they're so rare. If you are one, please find me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I want to see you. Um, And so our reflectors are what we like, they're completely undefined. They have no definition at all in their chart other than their gates. So none of their energy centers are defined. So it means there's nothing fixed and reliable about them, Mm. which sounds like thing but actually it's beautiful because really what they're here to do is to be wise in every single moment to reflect back to us what they see in every single moment and to be able to see clearly you cannot be mired by your own energy so you need an open clear system for them they have that they're not mired by all of their own you know emotions and opinions and ideas and needs and wants and desires all they can see is you with absolute clarity wow and so (laughs) It's like a, it sounds cool like skill. a unicorn. <laughs> oh my god, they're such unicorns! Like absolutely. So, when we want to get a read or a gauge on like the success of our society or our tribe or ourselves or our businesses, we go to our reflectors and we say, "What do you see?" 
Mm. And they can reflect back to us what is so evident within us. So when we're looking at how we're kind of tracking as a community or a collective, we go straight to our reflectors and we say, are they healthy? Are mm. they happy? You know, mm. How are they doing? Because they're great. We're great. So they're really here to be, you know, I think one of the biggest things for a projector is that they want to feel that sense of like, but who am I? And, you know, am I this or am I that? And society wants to know, you know, are you this or are you that? And for them, they're really here to be everything and nothing, completely unlabeled, like completely unpin downable. You know, mm. they just need to be completely free to be whoever they are in the moment. And so by saying that, um, they need to be really ruthless with how they curate the energy around them because they become whatever they're yeah. around. So the people, the environment, the experiences, the work, everything around them needs to be so meticulously curated mm. that they're taking on only the energy of things that are beautiful. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sounds like a cool. challenge, but very beautiful type. And I feel like we all need a reflector in our lives, but it, they're unicorns so hard to find. I don't know if you know any reflectors. What I, I have read for five now wow, and okay. I felt I read four of them in a two week period. And I was like, I'm a reflector magnet. Like what do they need me to see? <laughs> what do I need to see in myself? Mm -hmm. But, um, some, like a famous reflector is Michael Jackson. And mm -hmm. I think we can very clearly see how he was such a byproduct of his environment. Mm. Um, maybe not being so stable. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And then actually a really great um, example of a reflector in business as a woman is Jordan Younger, who has the Balanced oh, Blonde yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah, she's really great um, as an example and, you know, how she's so misty and floaty and ethereal and, yeah, she's, she's a rad example. <laughs> oh, that's a good example. I'll, I'll link all the everyone you mentioned in, like, the show notes so that people can find them and if you know they want to be inspired by them or they're a reflector and they also need like this inspiration I'll do that amazing thank you for that beautiful explanation I love again how you present this and so after the types what are the next things that you look at just a little overview you don't have to go too much into detail but like the most important next things to look at in the chart yeah. So after the energy type, um, I actually loop in the strategy with the energy type um, mm -hmm. when I'm when I'm teaching this or I'm, when I'm reading for someone. So I think a key part of the energy type is actually your strategy, which I just say, like, that's how you win at life. How you mm -hmm. win is your strategy. And people have a strategy. So for a manifesto, it's to inform because they move so quickly, they can often forget to inform those around them of how they're moving. And so mm -hmm. they're, the way that they win is just like as a courtesy, um, just to let people know what they're up to before um, they act so that mm -hmm. people are not, you know, completely <laughs> blindsided by how quickly they move. Um, so the strategy is really important for our generators and our manifesting generators. It's always to respond. So their yeah. job is to get out of the work of making it happen. You know, no excuses, hustle, go for it. Don't wait for anybody. Um, that kind of energy. And they're actually getting into like, what is life trying to show me and how can I respond to that? So mm -hmm. actually being so lit up that they attract life to them so that they have beautiful things to respond to. So their strategy is always to respond. Mm -hmm. Um, our projectors, as I mentioned earlier, it was to wait for the invitation. Yeah. 
So our job again is to not feel like we have to put our foot down um, on the gas in, in order to receive the beautiful opportunities and invitations that are awaiting us. Our job is always to get in a place of readiness, receptivity, preparedness and um, complete surrender to our beautiful invitations coming. And I mean, mm. that's such a hard thing. So it's like, hey, wait, yeah. just wait till it gets here. What? Like I have to wait. But it's, um, you know, in a reading, I would explain to someone like exactly how you go about waiting for an invitation because it's a very active process. It's definitely not passive, but that's mm-hmm. the strategy for the protector. Um, and then for our reflector friends, our beautiful rare beings, they need to wait a lunar cycle. So what we see in the chart with our activations is actually where the sun passed through those um, those energies um, within the I Ching at the time of your birth and it kind of illuminates or activates those energy centers or those um, gates and channels in your chart. And because our reflectors don't have any, they're actually governed by the moon. And so mm. for what's best for them in order to make a decision is to wait for the moon to do a full cycle so that they can have um, a really consistent access to really how do I feel about this thing? How mm-hmm. do I want to move forward once they've experienced all of the energies of the moon? So wow. this is always to wait a lunar cycle. Mm. That's so beautiful though. I mean, I'm sure it's not easy, but it's really beautiful to, to think of it that way. <laughs> yes, totally. Like so cool. I, I just... I have such an affinity for the moon. I was Me born too. on a Monday. I just like feel like such um, an Artemis, like the archetype. Mm. I just feel like just so connected to the moon. And I'm like, it's so awesome that you get to be ruled by the moon. But again, as you said, so challenging yeah. to be yeah, one of our reflectors. And so after the strategy, you look at um, the next thing. Is it the authority or something else? Definitely authority next. And that's Mm -hmm. basically how we make the decisions. So there are, I'll talk about the three main types because beyond the three main types, they're actually only for manifestors and projectors. um, And they get a little bit nuanced. So the three main ones that we see are emotional authority, which is all about, um, I believe this is your, your authority. Yeah. So you're basically designed to be emotionally led. You're designed to make decisions from a very emotional place. And whilst that's really not what we get taught in our society (laughs) to led by our emotions, it's actually very true for you. So um, you'll always be on some sort of emotional wave. And so what we want to gauge is kind of like the midpoint. So like, where's the peak of your emotion? Where's the absolute baseline of your emotion and how can you meet yourself in the middle and make a place from and make a decision from a place of kind of emotional centeredness where there's still Mm. a little bit of charge there, but you have some perspective and to make a call from that place. And so the best friend of anyone with an emotional authority is always time. Yeah. So, you know, you're really not here to make decisions in the moment, quick calls, like, working in pressure cooker situations probably wouldn't be good for you because you really need to sit with your decisions before you make them. Yeah. Um, then we have sacral authority and this is um, limited to only our generators and our manifesting generators because they're the only two types that have, that can possibly have an activated sacral center. Mm-hmm. And what this is about is 
the gut. This is about that expansion towards something that like, hell yes, I want to do that. Or it's that contraction away from something like, oh, I do not think that's for me. Mm. So what we're really looking for our sacral authority people to do is wait for that response to that really, that gut response to kick in that tells you if you do or do not want to do something. Usually it's instant, but often they'll have to wait just like a little bit. Um, And then to honor that. And I always say to people, honor it, but wait and see how long it takes for the logic center to kick in. Wait Mm -hmm. for your head to kick in because it will, because we get trained to do so. Um, And then just go, oh, there it is again. And just be aware of that. You know, awareness is such a great Mm, thing to pull that. You know, no one in human design, no one in the world is designed with the logic center as the authority. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, our logic is never designed to help us make decisions. It's designed to, I always say it's the second step. Like you make your decision with your body and yeah. then you perfect and correct it with your mind. Like Beautiful. You're here to yeah. make the decision better and make it work for you more fluidly by, you know, injecting your decision with some mind once you've made it. Mm-hmm. Um, And then our third authority is splenic authority. And this is all about just an inner knowing that you can't explain. It's just like, I just know I need to do that or I know that this isn't for me and I'm just not sure why. And so the spleen is our most ancient awareness system. And so it's really, it's embedded within us to keep us safe for survival. And so it's always leading us to the places that keep us safe, keep us thriving. And so anytime we get that feeling of like, "Mm, I just don't want to do that, doesn't really make sense not to, but I just don't. Um, we need to trust it because it's always our intuition, that inner knowing, yeah. keeping us safe and keeping us in energetic correctness. So they're the three main ones. And then from there we have, you know, um, ego authority, ego projected authority, um, identity authority. It's just like environmental authority, all of the things. Um, so that gets a little bit more like detailed and a little bit more complicated from there but you can totally see that in someone's chart and read that for them but are are the three main ones the most common ones the ones you just mentioned yeah Yeah. okay yeah so our emotional center like the is the solar plexus and when we have about 60 percent of our population have an emotional authority Mm, so we see so many now I mean, you know, why would we be embedded with these emotions and these gut feels, and this intuition if we weren't meant to listen to them? And so, so many of us are designed to be super connected to our emotional body and anyone with an emotional authority is designed to do that. So we have so many people there. We have, I think it's literally like 30% in the sacral and then there's only like 10% to be split up between like the other six authorities. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a big difference. Well, thank you for that explanation as well. Um, since we have a little bit more time, I was just wondering if you could do a mini reading of my chart. So to give an idea to people who might want to book with you and see what it would be like to have uh, a chart reading, even if it's just like a very tiny one. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Yes, let's do it. So I won't go through, um, you know, your type and all of the things that we've already discussed. So I'll get like right into the detail of your chart. Okay. So you in this lifetime, you're actually here to live your bonus life. You have no karma to correct in this lifetime. You're actually here as a complete bonus to your soul to come and live in a state of complete and utter joy. You're here to be very external with what you do um, Mm. in this lifetime. So you're here to very much... um, 
feel things and process things and then share them with the people around you that mean the most to you because that is actually what's going to take you into a place of like deep fulfillment, deep satisfaction. And so however you are here to engage with the world around you, it will always be through your immediate network. You will always connect to people and opportunities and invitations and things to respond to through the people that are around you. Um, you also have this very unconscious element to you that is about um, going inward, researching, learning, deep diving into things, building yourself a really rock solid foundation. And before you feel confident to come out and really share that information. So you have this kind of a contrast of being someone who's very external and is here to be very influential in this lifetime and a balance between that and the internal, the bookworm, the researcher, the learner. Mm. And it's just this really, it's a dichotomy, but it's beautiful, you know, like you get to have this real balance. Again, it's like that yin and that yang. Yeah. And so um, do you feel that within yourself? I feel that. I feel like um, I do. And maybe, I don't know, could that be why a lot of people think I'm a projector? Because like I sometimes need to kind of retreat and look within and take like, does that, is, could that be something or not really? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is where it gets really challenging with the energy types because it's yeah. an overarching thing, but there can be so many things within the chart that either contradict or confirm everything mm -hmm. that you see in your energy type. So for you, you have this very delicate balance of being both external and internal. And yeah. so when you have a lot of that yin energy, you also have a chart that's very, very heavily weighted towards um, your connection with the divine, with meditation, with mm -hmm. slowness with inconsistency and they're all very yin properties. Yeah. And so I think when you embody all of your truth, you can appear very, very yin. And I mean, this is why it's impossible to look at someone and say, oh, you're definitely a projector or, oh, you're this. Yeah, I see what you mean. Mm. Yeah, like we would be better off being like, how do I feel when I'm around this person? Does this person make me feel more energized? Does this person make me feel calm? Does this person make me feel seen? And that will mm. kind of connect us into the energy type more so than like, how do they behave? Okay. Um, I like mm. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like every time I'm with someone, I'm like, mm, am I feeling lit up? Like, am I feeling energized? How am I feeling? <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of getting um, There's something else about you that's very, very community centered. So you are mm -hmm. someone who's you're kind of like a part seeking to be a part of a whole. You're mm. here to be something. You're really seeking community and the collective and that feeling of like being nourished with people, being in a collective experience with other people. And that's a really, really important part of your incarnation in this lifetime, knowing that you have no karma to correct, nothing to come here to, to transcend or to beat or to overcome. You're actually here to experience what it feels like to be really held by a community. Wow. That and makes a lot of sense. That actually gives me chills because I've never experienced that, but I feel like right now I, I really like looking for that and trying to build that or find that. And it makes a lot of sense. Perfect. Yeah. And I mean, that's part of this energy is about seeking. It's mm -hmm. not about instantly having that community. It's mm -hmm. about like, who do I, you know, how do I need to be? And like, how do I find these people? And like part of the enjoyment for you is the seeking and the trying yeah. and the experiment of like being within different communities, engaging them and reading them. Like that's part of the thrill of this energy is about seeking to be part of that thing that helps you feel like you're part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. um, 
you're also here very much in service to yourself. You're here to really enjoy the journey inward. And that journey inward is all about initiating change on a personal level, evolving the self. And so, you know, a lot of the time it's in, in our world, we focus very much on like, how can you be of service? How can you serve more? How can you give more? Mm -hmm. How can you do, how can you add more value? And for you, you will do that naturally. And by default, when you focus on the journey inward, Mm -hmm. when you unbecome all of the things and you get back to your authentic wholeness, you will naturally influence the masses. You will be so friggin' powerful um, just by going inward with you than you will by trying to serve, by trying to do mm-hmm. the things. Yeah. Remembering that you are a magnetic being. So when you personally are doing you really well, um, the influence and the attraction and the magnetism is just a natural, just a natural progression. Mm. Mm, love yeah. that. It makes a lot of sense as well. I feel that. A lot of the time. <laughs> Thank you. So you also, you're so welcome. So you also have this other energy where um, this is a very yang energy. So this is kind of like the true MG in you, which is about um, discovering different ways of doing things in a really determined and focused way so that you kind of persevere. It's a very persevering energy. You're like, I will get this right and I will succeed at this thing when other people <laughs> give up way, way, way ago. Like I'm still going, I'm still cracking the code. So you kind of have this energy of like a willingness to persevere when everyone else has lost faith, when they've all lost interest, you have this really determined energy to just dig your heels in when you know it matters. And that's a really big part for you um, with not only your relationship with the self, but actually how you will end up serving the collective, how you Mm. do serve the collective like you kind of crack codes and persevere and win where others aren't willing to do so. So Mm. it's a really beautiful energy. Nice. (laughs) You powerful thing, you. Now you actually also have this energy of um, power, of real influence. And so, again, you know, we see power these days as like Donald Trump or like (laughs) – Exactly. Like people that are like really large and in charge, but actually your energy is a really grounded, earthy kind of power, like a power where you, you almost are so influential simply by just being unwavering and uncompromising. You know, one of my friends used this phrase and I absolutely adore it. And it was compassionate and uncompromising. It's Mm. like that energy to be so powerful, but in such a sensitive feminine, like, new alpha female way you're really here to show other women how to step into power in a way that doesn't take you away from your feminine essence and so like it's just a beautiful energy like Mm. how cool that you I think I need to develop that one but I love that Mm. it's like an energy of like showing people how to like embody their power in a way that is like not what we know power to be Mm. okay Mm, love that. And, you know, it's really funny because I actually really see that in you. You're like, this is who I am and I'm doing me really well. And like that in itself is really powerful. You know, like being unwavering and yeah. like having almost like a poise or a grace um, within you is kind of the power that I envision for you. Oh, thank and you. So, <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. And you got to trust me, you know, I'm a projector. Like yeah. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you also have another energy that is all all about um, expressing yourself. You have the only truly creative energy in the whole 64 energies of the chart. And you're really here to be someone who is a creative expressor of things. So you have an activated throat and it's directly connected to your sacral, mm -hmm. which means that you have energy in your throat to express, to to be heard, to really like have something important to say for this lifetime. And you also have that combined with this creative energy. So you have a very creative way of expressing yourself. That's, that's, that's your influence. That's where mm -hmm. that lives. Okay. So, Oh, such good stuff here. I'm like, okay, where, where can we book a reading? And I'm sure people listening as well. So I'm definitely going to, I know you're really booked out already, but I will definitely link that in the show notes. Um, Thank you. I actually made you guys a really, um, like a cheeky little 15% off code. Ooh, my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, if you or any of your listeners want to book a session, they just have to go to my website, which I'm sure you'll link. And the code yes. is HeartSpace. Oh, oh, I love that. I will, I will put all the details. Thank you so much for this offer. That is very unexpected and so beautiful and um, very, very generous of you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Oh man, there's so much in your chart, but yeah. Do you want me to keep going or have you heard? Ooh, like, I, good... I think I, I think I want to like keep going, but I know like this has already been long and, and you must also be tired of talking about all this. So I will definitely book a reading and hear more about that myself because I feel like, you know, I, I kind of went into my chart and looked at the type and all those things. But some of the things you said are like, oh, wow, there's so much more. And I love how you explain it. So I think that's what I'm going to be doing. Amazing. Yeah, there's, oh man, there's, you know, like what we're seeing in your chart when you go to mybodygraph.com. Mm -hmm. That is all of what's above the hexagram. There's a whole other system below that that you don't see without software. Okay. And so, yeah, what we're really looking at is just literally just the tip of the iceberg. There's yeah. so much to you. You're so unique and marvelous and, yeah, just so incredible. But um, you, so you do recommend going for someone who's just like trying it out for the first time to mind body graph, my body graph. Yeah. I actually yeah. use my body graph to look at all of the basics just because it's, it's much uh, easier visually to look at everything. Mm -hmm. So if you're I definitely go to my body graph. Um, that's what I use within all of my readings. I'll share that screen with you and I'll kind of point things out and show you things along the way. Um, but when I'm preparing for a reading, I use my software so that I can look at more intricate detailing and that mm, kind of thing. So that sounds yeah, very juicy fun. and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so juicy. Well, thank you so, so much for all this. And the last question I'll ask you is how can we support you? Where can we find you and what would be the, like the best thing to support you? Oh man, oh, just come and connect with me. I, similar to you, Sarah, I have um, one similar energy in my chart, which is all about like, I'm really here to, to connect and be, mm. you know, and to really deeply get to know people. And so come over and connect with me. I would love to talk to you about your human design. Um, I'm at I am Brittany Eastman on Instagram. 
Um, yes. You can book a reading with me. Again, my website's brittanyeastman.com. So you can book an initial reading. You can book readings for your kids. You can book readings around creativity, career, and purpose. Um, I also have a membership that I just launched, which has been really, really incredible. It's the much lower price point and it's a really amazing way to like get to know your chart without, you know, if the financial outlay of a reading is not possible right now, it's a really beautiful way to get going. And there's three pillars in, in the membership. It's all about um, creating from a place of authenticity and wholeness. There's um, the shift, which is all about shifting into the new paradigm way of being, which you're, you're here for Sarah. (laughs) And, um, the other pillar is human design. So we go through all of those things. It's unlimited access to all of the stuff. We do fortnightly workshops all about human design and creativity and all the things. So um, again, all on my website. So that's only $25 a month um, mm. when you join. So it's, it's really affordable if um, a private reading is not possible. So um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram or my website. Amazing. I'll link both of those below. And also, I guess I'll put a link to book a reading if anyone is interested with the beautiful discounts that you offer. Thank you so much. And that was a beautiful conversation and I learned so much. So I love these conversations for the podcast where we get to share with uh, people, the listeners, but also get to, you know, get something out of it ourselves. So thank you for sharing all this. It was so beautifully explained and so clear and that's exactly what I had in mind. So thank you, Brittany. And Have a beautiful evening. So much for having me. Thank you so much. 